All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of a、uh, hundred books a year with Kevin.、Uh, let's start to wrap up、um, on this noise conversation, right? We we've been diving into it pretty deeply for the last few days.、Uh, we're probably gonna do a couple more episodes, but、uh, we should be in the process of wrapping this topic up. So, let's talk about fixing the noise that we cover for the last few times, right? How should we? Debias, right? How should we make an unbiased decision, and then how should we practice something called a decision hygiene, right? So, this、uh, approaches as this kind of an issue, right? Let's say you have a scale, right? You want to weigh yourself. Let's say the scale weigh you, and then you are point five pounds over every single time, right? So. There are two ways you can te-、uh, technically fix this, right? The one way is you can subtract point zero five pounds off of your weight on that, uh, on that a、uh, scale every single time, or you can fix the dial, right? Flick the dial for the, um, scale. I'm talking about like old fashioned mechanical scale, and then just fix it once and for all, right? So this is kind of like when we when we talk about fixing. Human judgment or debiasing is: Do you want to correct the judgment or do you want to interfere before the decision is made? Right. So correcting the judgment meaning that you you know subtract point five pounds from your、uh, scale every single time, or do you want to kind of change the way that、uh, before the de to the decision to、uh, make sure that there's less noise in your decision after you do you've done that right. So, taking it like a like a bit a step further, right? We we also have a thing called a intuitive fix, right? So that is part of the correcting fix. Let's say a product might take three months, but you you might want to ask for four months of time just to use it as a buffer, right? Or we have these things called nudges, right? If you are you know interested in behavioral、uh, economics, read a、uh, nudges. It's a book by Richard Teller, Richard Teller,、um, he talks about a lot of, of different nudges in that particular situation, right? For example,、um, put the healthy food in a prominent position in a grocery store, so people will will buy more, or automatic enroll enrollment into a, re- a pension plans or or retirement plan savings, right? So. That is a easier way to fix it, right? Just dialing the the scale back point five pound every single time. That's very very easy.、Uh, most most people can do it, right? It's called a creative behavior. But the thing is, is teaching people to be aware of the of biases is hard, right? So like the idea of、uh, fixing it or getting a sense of it before the judgment is really really hard. Right, so here's what we mean by that.、Um, if we are thinking about the forecasting industry, right,、um, or kind of in a sense, either you know what a weather forecast or political forecast, right?、Like、they usually say, okay, seventy percent of rain, right, or seventy percent chance of this candidate is going to win, but they might have a buying,、uh, they might have a blind spot. So. What can a decision maker do to observe and support and trying to eliminate those those noises?、Um, Danny argued that there are two things that we can do, 
right? We can become a decision observers. So here's what he means, right? Either you're a supervisor, right? Like just watching over other people or uh, the each team member will have like a bias busters. I think that, uh, it is pretty fun to, to call it like a bias busters, right? So um, kind of have a person there um, on the outside or on the team who monitors the behavior, make sure that we're not being biased and be the devil's, um, be the devil's um, advocates, right? Or have like an outside facilitator in a sense, uh, hire a third party, right? I think um, the accounting world does it very, very uh, much in their practices. So the thing about the decision observer is that, you know, they might have a checklist, right? They might have a buy a buster, right? They might... Um, be the devil's advocate. Um, it's really good, but that is a tough job that I think not very many people want to take because of the political capital that, that uh, that's being caused, right? Like, you know, I, that person is probably not going to be very likable, but I think it's very, very important part of the uh, situation, of the decision-making. So um, that is part of the way that we can change it, where we can... Uh, update our uh, decision making process before noise happens, right? right, right or before um, the what's the term? The uh, judgment cost decision happen. So let's talk about this, right? There's also a concept that Danny introduced called the decision hygiene. So if you think about personal hygiene, right? We're we're, we're thinking about like maybe shower uh, every day, right? Or wash your hands. So. The thing about decision hygiene is in a similar mindset where the goal is to prevent the unspecified range of noise before they occur. It's kind of like washing your hand, right? You don't know which germ exactly you're washing off, but you know that washing off your hand will cause the germs to fall off, right? So if you adopt a couple hygiene measures for reduced noise, then you're going to be kind of like, good for the long term, if that makes sense. Um, so how should we practice this whole decision hygiene situation? Danny argues that uh, we need to have a structure in terms of a complex judgment. Um, we cannot just go, okay, let's go with the flow, right? So we need to, de to have a decomposition, right? Like break down the decision components, focus on the importance in the components, and then really use it as a roadmap, right? To see what kind of a data is needed for us to collect the information and judge how well are we doing, right? And then in terms of getting a structure for complex judgment, we also wanna make sure that we are independent and then we're delaying holistic judgment as well. So what that means is we want to make sure that everybody has their own, uh, own uh, uh, opinion, there's less groupthink as possible. And then we want to make sure that we avoid or delay getting the whole black and white kind of a scenario in the results. So let's use interview as an example, right? Because noise in the interview, we talked about it before, it's, it, like, it can be a lot. So let's say um, there is some noise in terms of determining how quickly will the person adapt to the role, right? So, so, so that is a form of error in job performance. Let's say uh, different preferences in, in the uh, uh, interview, right? 
the interviewer typically prefer people of their own race. They probably uh, really looking at looks. Like looks matter, right? The first impression matter as well. So different interviewer can have different opinions about the same interviewee, right? We talk about that be before. So let's use a quick example. I love this example, right? So let's say hypothetically a CFO only work at a job for, uh, at a company for a few months and then he left, right? So when I see I've always, you know, sitting in front of you to to uh, get a job that you're offering, you might ask, hey, um, why did you leave that company so quickly? Like, because you just got hired as a CFO. Like, what happened there, right? So let's say, uh, let's say the CFO say, yeah, I had a, a, you know, a strategic disagreement with my CEO and then I just have to leave the company because we just cannot work together. Okay, so consider that sentence, right? So there are two possible interviewer, or maybe more than that, but the two dominant possible interviewer response, right? So the first interviewer might say, huh, okay, I don't like him because he likes to, he, uh, he likes to challenge the CEO a lot, right? That's normal, right? Like, yeah, like sounds like uh, this person is hard to manage. Right, if the second interviewer might be thinking, uh, I like this guy, right? This is kind of where I personally fall under. He's like, yeah, I like him because he's he he uh, he is a independent thinker. He has the maturity to work with the uh, CEO, and then I really like the fact that he actually go out and you know, uh, and voice his con uh, concern and then voice his opinion and then. And in the end, it didn't work out, but I like that trait about them, right? So, oh, sorry, guys. So, that's it, guys. All right, we're, we're going to call it, call it uh, today. My puppy is barking, but this is decision uh, hygiene, and then we go from there. Thank you, guys. Bye.